welcome to Romancing the Game. I'm Jordan Fishburn. I'm Tawny P. Thompson. And I am Sarah Babe. Today, we are talking about Samara from Mass Effect 2. Yes. Sorry, just a car for the win. And technically a MILF. Oh, uh, yeah, super like MILF. 600 year old MILF. So. <laughs> uh, like almost 1,000 year old MILF. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <coughs> what? Yep. Yeah. Almost 1,000 years old. Jesus. Yeah. Yep. This is the kind of variety that you'll find in playing Mass Effect. <laughs> right. Why is she that? Never mind. You know what? <laughs> She's Let's got do three the daughters. Warning first. <laughs> oh, yeah. Spoiler warning. This is your spoiler alert. If your nerd sensibilities will be hurt, just yo, just turn it off. It's cool. Just <laughs> play the game and come back. Yeah. This has been your spoiler alert. This podcast will contain spoilers. As is the nature of discussing overarching story, we will be covering various plot beats during this show. The warning has been laid at your feet. Continue at your own peril. At your they, own uh, peril. Don't, don't add us, bro. Yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, do at us, but, like, with Well, yeah, face. but don't, don't, like, come <laughs> at, at yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> bro. Don't at me. Yeah, don't at me. Yo. Mm. It's a spoiler alert. Yeah. You know what's going on. Mm. We're talking about plot stuff that you may not know of. <laughs> if you don't want to know it, don't listen. We'll wait for you. Come back. No, we'll wait. It's done. cool. Yeah. Just, like, hurry up and play the game real yeah. quick. Yeah, Real like quick. it's five minutes. Put it on easy. Just yeah. well, stroll through. Stroll through. Yeah. Skip some side like quests. You can do it in like yeah, I definitely twenty didn't hours have, like, with no side quests. I, are maybe, you what? Maybe do the loyalty missions though. Um, since oh, that- I don't consider those side quests. Those oh, okay, those aren't side quests. You have to like do that for <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, also, Should pretty we- positive, it is impossible to do Mass Effect in twenty hours. Yeah, I think with. With skipping side quests, you could totally do it. See, now I, I feel like know, I have to test this. Yeah, I, I don't think it. you can. I don't think 20 hours oh, is doable, okay. man. When, Jordan, when? Um, Right now, we'll pause the show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back in 20 hours. Yeah, we'll come back in 20 hours. At, what, six in the morning tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, see how far you got. Uh, right. I, Tawny, I actually kind of want you to do it because it's a physical, <laughs> mental, and spiritual impossibility for me to try and do that because I'm incapable of not doing side quests. Oh yeah. Me too. I I am totally do it. I am such a completionist that I'm like, no, I must get all of the things. But that's the thing. I've already done my completionist playthrough. So like, I don't care as much. Did you want to just like story? Well, did you want to like 90% of it? But that's 100%. only because some of the some of the quests are like, do this without dying. And I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> you know, your girl yeah. dies a lot. This, yeah, this when it comes I down to it, I die a lot, even on easy mode. Right. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'm bad at shooting fake guns on the internet. So, Oh, yeah. you guys, I have discovered a new joy on the internet, by the way. I, uh, my apologies for... Um, complete off the rails. Uh, black metal dogs or death metal dogs. It's it's pretty great. Like there's this huge dog that just goes <laughs> and like to this awesome death metal beat in the ma- background, and it's just um, it's kind of <laughs> giving me life this morning. So 
I'll have to make sure to add that to my fun <laughs> playlist. <laughs> that, that and uh, dogs with eyebrows. Um, but but it 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 reminds me of how fucking metal Samara is because yeah. she is metal as fuck. Oh yeah. I'm, Should we roll into some of the boring stuff first? Yeah, yeah. let's okay. do it. Our informational section. Uh, so, as we have for a while, we'll be talking through Mass Effect 2 today, which was released for the PC and Xbox 360 um, in 2010 and the PS3 in 2011. The developer was Bioware, the publisher is Electronic Arts, the lead writers were Mac Walters and Drew Kerpichine, and the writing staff consisted of Luke Christiansen, Chris Leitwal, Patrick Weeks, Malcolm Azania, Chris Hepler, Brian Kindrigan, and Jay Turner. Femshep was voiced by Jennifer Hale. Maleshep was voiced by Mark Mears. Uh, in this case, uh, Samara is a bi character, so uh, you could play through her with either. Um, and she is played by Maggie Baird. Mm -hmm. So Maggie Baird uh, is, uh, she grew up in Colorado, it looks like, did a lot of theater and dance at the University of Utah before going to New York City and hitting Broadway. Mm -hmm. Um She's oh, that done... explains why her voice is so awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, she's done lots of film, or mostly TV shows, uh, a good number of films, and uh, we might recognize her voice from EverQuest or the Vampire the Masquerade game. Um, yeah, I tried to Twitter stalk her. She does not appear to have a Twitter, but she is the mother of Billie Eilish. Oh, yeah. Really? What? Yeah. Shut. I do not believe you. Uh, look her up on the wiki. I'm looking right now and it says, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shut the daughter, Billie Eilish. That's why your girl does her research. Shut the front door. That's pretty <laughs> fantastic. What? What? How dare I mean, I, I'm like, I'm, uh, I don't even, uh, what? <laughs> I, I am shooketh. That's pretty dope. Because <laughs> um, I, I really like Billie Eilish. Like, I know there's haters and that's fine. Like, cool, that's your deal. That's fine. You don't have to like her. But she's actually, damn, your girl Maggie did a really good job raising Billie. Yeah. Because, like, she's really interesting in all the interviews that I've seen with her. And yeah, she's still young and stuff like that. So ugh, teenager, but um, <laughs> well, it damn. sounds like her son is also a musician named yeah. Phineas. Phineas is the one who does the beats for Billy, Billy oh, Eilish. Cause yeah. Billy and Phineas do her music. Um, Cause he does all the, the, the beats and stuff. Did so know that. He, yeah, he basically produces the music for Billy. Wow. Damn. He's on the opener of uh, her bad guy song too, right? That's him and her. Um, that might be the music video. Won't lie to y'all. I literally could not name a Billie Eilish song if you asked me, but that's just because I am very behind the times. No, it's cool. You're still stuck <laughs> on the Beatles. That's fine. Like, I, oh, I, that came out way more mean than I meant it to be. <laughs> I did. I, that's totally fine. There, uh, it has been like 20 yeah. years. I'm good. Yeah, I, that's on not that one. the the rudest way that anybody's ever said that to me. Well, Tom. right. I mean, like, 100%. I... <laughs> Like, I get moments where I'm like, there is no music after Bowie. So, I mean, I get it. Yeah. I totally 100% get it. And I'm not hating on it because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, everybody should know who Pearl Jam is still. So, um, <laughs> but that was like, 
30 years ago (laughs) (laughs) only 30 I don't know I feel like I have I can no longer tell how long things were in the past anymore I sorry this like really tangented but I just realized the other day that Spy Kids came out in like 2001 (laughs) 20 years ago and I was like wait no no I'm pretty sure we saw that in theaters together I think so. <laughs> uh, somebody got me the other year um, <laughs> by looking me dead in the eyes and said, you know, all the dogs in Homeward Bound are dead now. <gasps> Stop. <laughs> so I feel like those sort of comments deserve a swift punch in the face and you can't yes. charge for for right? I'm like, that's not taking it back and offended right now. I know. Like, I know. Yes dogs die but yeah. but really chance the puppy is still living i need to chance, yeah shadow 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 uh like, i mean oh. look from the girl who literally just discovered the band carbon leaf like two months ago and they've been oh, around girl. for 25 years oh, mm, so no, i'm honey. just not I but know. carbon leaf is good stuff carbon like leaf is them. great so. carbon really is really good now. yeah that's right <laughs> Um, but music leads you to how you find Samara's daughter, Morinth. So that's how yeah. you get back to Samara. Boom. Yeah, she likes music, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, well, so her daughter does. So Yeah. <laughs> so to give everybody our discount plot overview um, of Mass Effect 2, just so you kind of know where we're at in terms of story for this game. Um, Mass Effect 2 is obviously set after Mass Effect 1. Um, in a futuristic Milky Way where mass relays allow for faster than light travel and allowed the human race to expand outward from Earth into a galaxy inhabited by many other advanced races. Um, The game starts with Shepard dying right in the beginning, so you know it's going to be good, and being brought back to life by the pro-human organization Cerberus. And without much ado, he gets swept up in this great plot to save the galaxy once again, uh, assembling a team with some new people and some old familiar faces and maybe finding love along the way. Or yeah. in this case, you know, kind turned of down. Kind of. <laughs> so yeah, but like in a found super nice love, way. Found the love, but the love didn't necessarily find you back. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so this uh, episode is obviously about Samara, who is Nasari Justicar. Um, and Which is she, short for absolute badass. Yeah. I love the way she explained it being similar to our idea of a medieval knight errant mixed with a little bit of samurai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Shepard was pretty is like, cool. What does that exactly mean? And she's like, let me explain it in terms you'll understand because mm-hmm. you won't get it. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Like, let me dumb this down for your human exactly. brain. Exactly. I feel like that's a bit arrogant and disingenuous of her when she said <laughs> that. I don't really think of them as knight errants as much as maybe like a Templar, um, somebody that goes around dispensing justice, except without all of the really creepy religious stuff that kind of goes with Templars. Listen, <laughs> Justicars are just that super hardcore, lawful, good paladin. Paladin, yeah. exactly. I wrote good. that down. And <laughs> just, like, and it's played by 
that person and you all know who I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that made it very clear for me was when you first run into Samara, there's the detective lady who is like almost awestruck to even be meeting a Justicar. And Samara explains it that Justicars are like a thing of the past. They no longer like it doesn't seem like they take in new members very often. Yeah. So all of the Justicars that are still operating are very, very old and like have been doing it for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like for another Asari to meet a Justicar is like this, like, I would think of it as if like I opened up the Song of the Lioness series and Alana walked out and I'm like, oh my God, it's a lady night. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, for those of you at home, um, the Asari race has a Justicar order. And basically, the Justicar order um, from their codex is an Asari class of virtually untouchable extrajudicial executioners, <laughs> executioners operating almost exclusively within Asari territory um, due to the executioner status for how they deal with problems. Guys, they're Judge Dread. <laughs> One of the things that I think is really interesting about the Justicars is, first of all, their training um, is part of the reason why there's so few of them, right? Like people, Asaris die during this training because of how rigorous it is, because of the extreme strength needed. You have to be a very strong biotic, resourceful, um, stick to the code, and ruthless. (laughs) They're... They're wild. And one of the things is um, the codex specifically points out that Justicars work by themselves because of how arrogant each of the members are. Another fun part was that the Justicars had their oaths and codes created to stop them from overthrowing the Asari, (laughs) basically. Well, and you get your first look of this, um, look at this when you first meet Samara and the detective. Um, Mm -hmm. And the detective says, like, I am under strict orders to bring you in if you don't go with Shepard. And Samara says, okay, I'm duty bound to go with you for 24 hours. Um, And the detective's like, well, I don't think I'll be done with you that quickly. And she's like, oh, you won't be able to stop me. (laughs) (laughs) which she's like that's that's great and i agree i'll go with you because that's your your job but i'm letting you know this is how long and if it's not done by then i'm leaving and if you if you try to stop me i'll go through you like that is so badass like such a mood uh, so i'm so here for it (laughs) right (laughs) i think this is the mood we all need to go into 2021 with like yeah yeah I agree. I hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. And um, we can probably go over the third oath when we get there because it's about to come up. But rolling into her plot, uh, you meet Samara on Ilium. Um, she is fighting and interrogating a group of Eclipse mercenaries to find the location of a criminal that she's been pursuing for four hundred years. Um, Kind of spoiler uh, alert. Natural really. last episode. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to our yeah. last episode. It's her daughter. <laughs> it's her serial killer murder daughter. Um, and 
the opening credit scene, like not opening credits, but the opening scene for her introduction is so badass. They really show you right out the gate that her biotic capabilities are fantastic. She does like float moves where she'll like pull people and push them, you know, the normal biotic uh, force power stuff. And then she like jumps off of a like sort of walkway in like blue glow. Her eyes are like glowing white, just like floating down very elegantly in her Asari skin type bodysuit because Mass Effect. And uh, oh, but her bodysuit's pretty fucking badass. <laughs> yeah, it's badass, like, but I you don't... can see her entire breast on well, each I, side. <laughs> and I and I get that, and I know I shouldn't be like. But it's so cool. It's design wise, <laughs> very cool. And yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. I just well, wouldn't approved a little bit more if they showed that it's clothing and not just painted over her naked body. Yeah. <laughs> but right. like the minute she floats down gives me like serious, like supergirl vibes or like Superman, you know, when he just like floats in and he's like, Hello, yes, I'm I'm here now. What's up? Yeah, it's more <laughs> like um for me, it's more like when Magneto comes down and is all like, <laughs> I'm just like being Magneto. Right. Because uh, Superman's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the similarity and the difference uh, here is that she's here. She's going to do what she's going to do. And you can tell that mm-hmm. from the way that she presents herself. In Magneto's case and in Superman's case, you're getting a person that's flying down slowly because they're in no rush because what are you going to do to them? Yeah. Um, and in, in a little bit leaning on the Magneto side, it's also because there's no way you're going to stop what I'm about to do to you. Right. Whereas Superman's a little bit nicer. So I would walk that back slightly, <laughs> but the thing is she's like running down this last mercenary trying to find the location or the ship name for where her daughter went because Eclipse helped her daughter escape. Um, she was like getting really close. And as you talk to Samara more throughout this, you find out that this is the closest Samara has been to finding her daughter. This and your plot with her where you're finding stuff. Um, then she murders the mercenary. <laughs> yeah, just straight up dead. Yeah. This was the thing about the opening for me of Samara's character. Like, we talked a lot during Miranda's episode about a character who's just wildly confident in the things that she does. But Miranda still has a lot of, like, internal um, self-doubt and and things that she needs to overcome. Samara, at, I guess, over a thousand years old. Almost a thousand years old. Mm Yeah. Has none of that. She Mm -hmm. is just, like, she's the only female character, femme I guess, femme character because they look, whatever, they look femme. Mine out gendered. Right. But she's the only femme character that we see in these entire games that is just confidence. Like, she walks in confidence. Yeah. She does not ask questions. mm -hmm. She does not take names because she doesn't fucking need to. Mm -hmm. She just... Confidence. I love it. I think I think the definition of her confidence comes across when she says... When I die, it will not be in bed, and I am at peace with that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And Maggie Baird does such a good job of just, like, putting oh, that across to us. God, yes. 
she killed every single one of Samara's dialogue lines. There was not anything that I was like, the writing for this character and what they did with it was such a flip and so good. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I was struggling. I was trying really hard not to like write down every single line um, (laughs) and like limited myself to like three. Um, But her, the writing here is just interesting. Like they went balls to the wall with this character and I'm not mad about it. I really enjoyed like the plot and the information about her and what she's going up against, which is part of the reason why I hate Morinth so badly. Yeah. But yeah. like this is the this you see like the culmination of being a Justicar in this moment when you meet her, because the mercenary refuses to give the information that Samara needs. Mm -hmm. And so Samara says, find peace in the embrace of the goddess. And she snaps her neck under her heel. Like, I don't think it was snapping her neck. I thought, I thought it was just like smooshing her entire skull (laughs) under the force of like a small singularity coming from her (laughs) hand. Um, But smoosh. Yeah, it's it was more of a smoosh in my head, but, yeah, but they don't show smoosh. it, so it's all implied violence. Yeah, I think my my brain like grasped onto the fact that when Samara was questioning her, she had her neck pinned under her foot, uh, keeping her on the ground in place, and I was just like, I'm in, I'm into this. Is this what everybody means when they say please step on me? I feel like. <laughs> 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 the combination of that particular <laughs> online request that people make a lot um, of strong women in media. <laughs> um, Jordan, you are 100% correct. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I will say, I think the only quibble that I really have with her entire character is in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's the next scene when she pledges herself to Shepard's service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The she knows yeah. nothing about Shepard. Yeah. And the fact that, so this is the other piece of the code you were going to talk about, wasn't it? The third thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so I'll run into that really quick then, just so we naturally roll into it. We're going to pin that so Tani can talk about it immediately after I talk about this. Um, so after this happens, uh, she kills the mercenary, and she, you sort of walk in there, and Samara's like, oh, um, you're heavily armed, um, but don't seem to be with the mercenaries. And she talks to you a little bit, and you're with the detective. Um you have a conversation about what Samara needs. She needs the name of the ship that Morinth left on. And the detective then tells her, well, I do need to bring you in. You've kind of just been murdering people willy-nilly all across Ilium. Please come with me. And Samara says, okay, you got 24 hours of that. <laughs> um, and sort of sets a task to Shepard saying, I need the name of that ship. Because Shepard asked her to join them. And she basically said, I have something more important that I'm working on. 
Sorry. Um, I, I get the, the collector thing that you told me about. It's very important, but this is my, my goal. This is what I'm going towards. And so you collect that you do a couple other odd jobs, probably to save time at the same time and go back to the detective agency where Samara is and give her the name of the ship. Once you give her the name of the ship, you get her basically pledging loyalty and agreeing to go with you on this quest. Mm -hmm. She gives you the third oath of subsumation, which is a Justicar oath that binds the Justicar absolutely to the target of the pledge. She says that your morals are my morals. Everything that you say is going to override my Justicar code, essentially. Um, and then, Tani, you wanted to talk about yeah. this. So this is like my really my biggest slash only quibble with the entire character is. And I can think of a few ways they could have fixed this, but like Samara knows almost nothing about Shepard doesn't know much about the Normandy crew, like other than probably what's been on the news, you know, which we all know the news these days. Uh, and I, I can't imagine that in the next 150 years, it'll get much better. Um, so Samara, and this is written into their code, right? That they can take on someone else's quests as their own. And that's what she does. Like if Shepard is a terrible person, she's just pledged to do all of their dirty work. Mm -hmm. um, mind you with the implication that if she does terrible things under Shepard's rule, she may or may not kill Shepard when she's done, but that still means that she's done all of this terrible shit. And I think maybe there's something to be said if they had written some sort of morality gate on it. Like if your character is too far gone in the renegade side, like she won't go with you. Um, like, I do get it. It's a video game and they want you to get all the characters that you're going to get. But Samara in particular doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that she would go along with a renegade Shepard. It doesn't matter that Shepard went and got the name of some ship for her. Like, damn, I could go do that myself. And I am not Commander Shepard. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so um, here's my thoughts on it. Um, and I will give you the... Why am I? I love when my um, stuff just does not work the way that I want it to. Um, when you do this quote, let me pull it out. Um, Tony, you wanna you wanna say what the third oath is, and I'll follow it up with the other things. <laughs> uh, by the code, I will serve you, Shepard. Your choices are my choices. Your morals are my morals. Your wishes are my code. Mm -hmm. this is like you cannot put that genie back in the bottle her yeah. eyes flash like right. it's done she it's has like, to do what Shepard asks of her it reminded me of the um what's it called in Harry Potter the unbreakable oath the promise or whatever um after she says uh, this, Wingardium Liviosa it's <laughs> <laughs> not all I know of Harry Potter honestly after she says that, the detective says, I never thought I'd see a Justicar swear an oath like that because it Let doesn't. alone to a human. Yeah. And that does not happen. It, do, it just, it's very rare. It's the least sworn oath. And Samara follows that up with, 
if you make me do anything extremely dishonorable, I may need to kill you when I'm released from my oath. She just says there's a may. I think it's a I will. I pulled it directly (laughs) off of the subtitles. (laughs) I think she means will. (laughs) She does mean will. It still bothers me because she... Yeah, she would have already done those terrible things like that. Here's the thing um, with the Justicars. And I totally get that, Tawny. I agree in like a a, a certain way with that. Um, My thing here is that the Justicars are so rigidly held to these codes of ethics and the codes of ethics that is within the Justicar order are very black and white. Like they're this or this, there's never like, or if this is a situation, you do it like this. And she mentions later on that um, somebody that she's fought in the past has used what they were able to glean from what the Justicar oaths are in order to escape her in the past. Because if you supersede something with another thing, like you can protect this innocent person and let me go, or this innocent person will die and you'll get me. And the protection of innocence trumps the collection of finding a person of injustice. So this was created to allow them to work within a gray. I guess I just like, couldn't she at least run a background check? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, let's make sure Shepard hasn't, you know, done any, like, really right. terrible offenses in the last seven years or so. Like, I don't know. <laughs> before I, <laughs> Would a before I pledge this undying oath yeah. to someone that I don't know anything about that it cannot be superseded by my other oaths. So here's <laughs> my overall thought about it drug test shepherd go pee in this cup please like (laughs) just just something come on here is my thought on the underlying reason why she did this besides the you know plot reason of we need to get samara onto your party her ultimate goal and her personal drive that she's going for here is finding morinth yeah Shepard has shown that he's willing to be a vehicle towards that. And she can tell enough of him to know that he's not lying about the collectors and the overarching galaxy danger. So on one hand, she's a person and we'll get into a little bit of her backstory stuff later. She's a person that is driven by justice normally. She doesn't want to do bad things. She wants to help people. That was her maiden life before she settled down and had kids. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She was driven by justice. Um, She was driven by justice to become a Justicar after learning that all of her children (laughs) were Ardat Yakshi and one of them (laughs) wasn't taking the right path about it. So this big collector thing does fall within what she would consider justice and so helping on that no matter what she's being asked to do i feel like she would be willing to be ruthless and brutal for that because that's built into their justicar code and shepherd has shown that he's willing to move things a bit to also help with her own personal 
goal. So I feel like that more than trusting Shepard, she trusted that the thing with the collectors was really happening. And so she was willing to be used as a tool towards that. But Shepard could absolutely be putting on a false, you know, face for her. She's known Shepard for less than 24 hours by the time, obviously, or she would have run off, you know. So within 24 hours, she has come to trust Commander Shepard enough, Mm -hmm. like, to know that when Shepard says, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll go look for your serial killer daughter while we're also on this quest to save the universe. And she totally believes them. She's just like, yes, absolutely. I trust you, Commander Shepard, for no Mm -hmm. reason, no earthly reason that I can uh, come up with. But I will say trust. I will say one thing. Shepard isn't a nobody in the universe. He is Commander Shepard that saved the Citadel Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, in Mass Effect One, so he is etc. 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 Yeah, <laughs> he ha- he is a known entity. He's not like in the Dragon Age games. You play nobody starting off every single time, right? Except if you're like, yeah, you're basically nobody. This one, Mass Effect Two and Mass Effect Three, you start off being a public figure that people know about. But you can also play Mass Effect 1 as a complete renegade and be a total douche nugget. Like, so you, you come into Mass Effect game, 2 being a total douche nugget. But if you finish the game, you did save the Citadel. Right. But which is what if you're a total about. But you're a total douche nugget who died and came back. So you could technically be less of a douche nugget. Yeah. I but, suppose. I don't know. I mean, if that's just I if know. I have a single quibble with this entire yeah. overarch. Oh, I get it. I get it. That's, (laughs) I feel like that is, I think that is part of what I actually liked about this because the way that they built out the Justicars is so yes or no that this introduced grayness and difficulty to her playthrough, right? Like, this is putting her outside of the Justicar comfort zone. And you don't see her struggle with it necessarily, but she does straight up say, if you make her do dishonorable shit, she'll kill you. Yeah. Um, And part of her romance um, that we'll get to as well, at the end of it, if you had been making renegade choices throughout the playthrough, she does say she doesn't feel the same connection with you because... And that she has seen Shepard do too many things that would compel her to violence if she were not under the oath. So she will straight up say at the end of like the quote unquote kind of romance with Samara that if she wasn't under oath, she would have taken you out already. (laughs) I guess that makes me feel a little bit better, but I think I would feel better if she was like, I shouldn't have followed you. That's fair. There's also this thing... That that there's also this thing that I find implicit with Asari, which may be um, a complete misread on my part, but I always think of the Asari as having a kind of empathy. sixth sense empathy for people and mildly like psychic woo woo powers. Um, so I, I kind of think because she is so old and has met so many people, done so many things, you know whatever 
I think she can kind of get a really good feel that, okay, they might screw up and do really shitty things because it's a renegade playthrough, but they're still going to save the friggin' universe. Mm-hmm. But humans like, I, have I've, only been, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I, like I, I feel like that's, but she, she expresses that she's studied humans extensively because mm-hmm. when she became a Justicar, she was very, uh, I don't want to say infatuated, but very interested in the human race. So mm-hmm. she studied them extensively in order to know about them. Because but, when she was first out as a maiden, humans were not discovered yet. Right. I was going to say humans have only been in the greater like theater of the universe um, yeah. for like 50 years at this point. Right. So there's only so much like there's only so much that the other races of alien can like understand about them right but at, but at the same time i think there's um if you're reading human research about humans you can get mm-hmm. a lot of insight as to how the human psyche works yeah plus i just think she's like okay you know what i'm going to do this if you end up being a super jerk I kill you. Like, I, I feel like that's her. Um, well, if I'm wrong, I'll make it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I totally agree with both of you. Like I, I it's see very, the, I see the flaws in it. Yeah. It's very in depth. And that's one of the things that I like about it. It has its downsides mm-hmm. and they built it out almost on purpose that way way it feels like yeah this is like a very powerful powerful order they do this kind of thing they're also extremely brutal because we're going to give them this code of honor that they have to subsist on so they don't just go nutso and here's a way for you to introduce them to potentially do something um a little a little different like let them have this one loophole they kind of can use but it still makes them completely under the jurisdiction of this one person's thoughts and morals and uh, orders and uh, a little bit of a rewind with the the study of humans and stuff I wanted to mention this too because I thought this was interesting um, and they didn't they didn't really say it explicitly in the playthrough as far as I'm aware Um. Part of the Justicar's effectiveness is the vast amount of knowledge that they have at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. Um, because anybody who enters the ranks of the Justicar has spent centuries, you know, already in military organizations, criminal investigation, um, combat, and and the always collective- a stripper because Asari <laughs> are always yeah. strippers. Yes, you know they not do shaming men- sex work. Just saying, Asari are always strippers in this game. <laughs> That's Not a true. <laughs> um, but Samara does mention that she did her maiden years as a mercenary. So she might have been a little bit different on terms of what her wild and crazy days was. But just to close out my thing, they have been said that the collective body of Justicar knowledge exceeds even that of the specters. So it's possible that part of her learning about humans is they like extensively looked them up when they were introduced to the galaxy in case they came into a sorry space and started doing anything there. So that was part of her job probably for how in depth she looked into humans. Well, and you got to think that the specters are only as old as the council Mm -hmm. and that's not going to be as old as the Asari are. Yeah. 
I mean, in my mind. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The council yeah. has to have an Asari on it, so the Asari right. are automatically older than the council. Yeah. Ah, math things! <laughs> well, and that's, I think the implication is that the Asari are older than, like, any of the other species that we know of. Yeah. They evolved. I, I think, first. weren't they the first ones to discover FTL? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, the math, they, they, the math relays, were, same thing. I think they were slightly ahead of the Solarians. Yeah. And kind of spoilers, uh, the Asari were given a cheat code in order to be able to do that. So I don't mm-hmm. put that like 100% on their right. own capabilities. Dude, I got I got words about the Solarians. Yeah. <laughs> the Solarians I got words. are, yeah, th- there's yeah. a lot. <laughs> I, got, I got words. Yeah. Um, but I, to keep things moving forward, she does finally join you on the Normandy. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the first things she says when you go to her quarters is that she has been working alone for 400 years. And she's kind of really excited to, like, actually have someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, but she might be a little rusty, though, when you're like, yeah, after 400 fucking years alone, I would <laughs> fucking say so. Jesus. Dude, you give me a week alone and I'm just like turn into a timber wolf and have no idea how to interact <laughs> with people, which is why the quarantine has been a little rough. <laughs> so I, I'm going to the room that she's in is the observation room on the ship. And I just want to point out that when our lovely Jacob asks where we should place her on the ship. Samara straight up says to him, a room that looks out on the great empty void would be most comforting. <laughs> and I... Maggie bared that line. I feel yeah, girl. fire. Girl. <laughs> I feel like that really exemplifies her not really talking to anybody. Yeah. Can we just, can we just at Billie Eilish and tell her her mom's hot? Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. Or is that weird? I mean, she's not on Twitter herself, so maybe we should. Okay, be like, yo, Billy Eilish, your ma's hot. <laughs> Just as an FYI, Billy. Like, but I that mean, damn line, like, yeah, so yeah. Good. As as soon as you you were like, let me talk about this line, I was like, oh yeah, that one, the looking out onto the void of, yep, yeah. Yep. I would be like, I need a window because I get car sick. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <She's> sick. <laughs> well, and that's what's even like she absolutely they take advantage of that within the writing and the the animation because every time you enter the room, she's like meditating upon the void of space. Oh, she is <laughs> namaste <laughs> as hell, and I love right. it. It looks so awesome. It's always like a a back screen view of her sitting, you know, crisscross on the floor. Yep. Kind of glowing. And when you look around to the front of her face, after they pan to the side away from the observation window with all the stars, her eyes are like glowing white. They like, knew exactly what they were going for with this character and they found it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They like na- hit the nail on the head here with yeah. Samara. Um, but okay. sorry, Tony. Yeah. She's talking about how she doesn't, talk to people anymore and how she's a little bit rusty and like um another shout out i don't know if we shouted him out yet this uh episode but jaguar 550 thank you so much yes, for thank you <laughs> yeah jaguar 550 high five yeah um you're the best yep. yeah thank Truly. you you learn a lot of this information through discussing with samara she talks to you about her code of ethics how she sort of fits into that she has um, an interesting discussion regarding 
how the loyalty, not, not the loyalty, how the code of ethics comes into play when you're talking to her and you ask her straight up, don't you want to know why we're trying to stop the collectors? And she says, you don't really have to know why if you're stopping something. If you know somebody did something wrong, you don't have to know the details. You just need to get the job done. Well, and the specific example she gives is, say I have to kill someone for doing something terrible. Uh, do I really want to know that he's also a really good father? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, son. Like, that's mm-hmm. cold as hell. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, she, she, mm, I mean, you I know get what? It. I totally there are, get it. There are massively, and I say this in the weird, most awkward wording possible, I'm sorry, but there are massively successful serial killers who have been wonderful husbands and fathers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Still make mm-hmm. some serial killers. Yep. Being a good family make member up for it. does not preclude you being a terrible person. Yeah. And I, gotta, yeah. I find this clarification great. Um, for multiple reasons. And one of those strongly being, why do people always defend bad people's actions by saying, but they were blah, blah, blah. They did this. They did great charity work. They were a loving father and husband, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't change the fact that they did something wrong. And within this just car ideology, they say, yeah, they're still going to die. Mm-hmm. We're going to kill them for like, doing the wrong thing. And you I mean, cannot empathy my way into letting them go. <laughs> right. Like all of the things I have done for my friends that are quote unquote good does not make up for the fact that occasionally I've been an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, like I still have to own the consequences of what I have said and done. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, I try to, and I try to be better, but I've also never killed anyone that yeah. I'm aware of. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I have, I guess, let me know. <laughs> uh, you don't know. No, no Sarah, we're not even going to. One time that you threw the banana peel on the floor and that led to someone <laughs> slipping and falling and then they rolled into the street. And No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the... that was, that was Mario Kart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the. People that Sarah have killed have all been fictional. Let's yes. be real. Um, <laughs> that, the, yeah, yeah, true. That as an true. RPer, that yeah. it's all <laughs> I have murdered so many imaginary friends, it's not even funny. <laughs> and I, I think it's one of those things that really shows why they're built out a certain way. Mm-hmm. And the it emphasizes the black and white of... Mm-hmm their order and what they do um, in a way that I find just interesting. It's, it's a fascinating way for them to display the world and how she sees it now. Like she probably didn't have this kind of thought beforehand. Um, And I'm trying to remember, was this due to my research or did Samara tell you about her mercenary days when she freed the slave people? I don't think she mentions it. That must be your research. Okay, so that I might be one of the things in the comics. Okay. Oh okay. yeah. Oh, I forget so about as, the novels. Um, as a kind of origin story for why I've mentioned before that you know 
she's kind of always had justice on the brain is in her mercenary days. Um, Samara was running with a crew doing a transport mission and she found out the transport wasn't stuff. It was people. (laughs) And she was trying to convince the members of her crew and her mercenary band that they need to turn around and let these people go. They said no. And so she killed them. Um, she straight up killed all of the human traffickers mm-hmm. and freed the people and distributed the possessions and money and weapons from the mercenaries that she killed to the victims of the trafficking and brought them to the Citadel and let them go so that they could be safe. And um, one of the things for this kind of shows that you know, she's never worried too much. I feel like that this jump into her being ruthless um, and killing people for doing bad things probably wasn't tough <laughs> for Samara. And I think the the big thing is we'll get into her talking about her goal to be stopping her daughter. The difficulty that she has here isn't necessarily killing Inarda Yakshi it's having to kill her daughter. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of the growth that she has in her storyline. There's a, when you mention the, I, I really is, is going to sound a little bit weird, but I mean, I've been sounding weird all day, so let's do it. Uh, I really empathize with Samara's reasoning when she's talking about, um, or when, it involves the the human track or the slave trafficking, mm-hmm. uh, people trafficking. Because, yeah. like, I, because of where we live in Wisconsin, we are at a very high rate of human trafficking and, like, sex trafficking because we're so close to interstates that can take you cross-country. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an awful problem in our city, and I hate it. The slavery of somebody's bodily autonomy. Well, just autonomy in general. Yeah. And and just like, no, that's no, that's no, that's, Mm -hmm. that's uh, in my mind, that's worse than murder Mm -hmm. because you're keeping someone alive and that's so much trauma that builds up and it's just Mm -hmm. terrible. Like Mm -hmm. I, I am 100% on Samara's side with that. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, yes, I will do what I can to make you stop what you are doing. Exactly. And this, you guys can see why we hate siding against her with Maura. Right. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, Samara is such, and she's but such a strong character. Why we hate freaking Jack's playthrough. Like, ugh. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, there's, there's so much. Every, writers should strive to have strong personalities like Samara in their games, period. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be a gendered thing. It shouldn't be, um, it, well, it shouldn't be a gendered thing. Well, and for Uh, the love of all this holy, like we need more women that are like this because all of the men in these games are incredibly confident and capable. Yeah. Like they're pretty cool. And like uh, the thing that frustrates me the most is technically Samara cannot be identified as female technically because 
monogendered alien race. Mm -hmm. Like, how about we just have a human female who's badass like this? Miranda's the only one, but yeah, she's got all that self-doubt. Right. Like, like, look, we we don't get that with Garrus. We don't get that with Joker. We don't get that with Jacob. We don't get it with Bane. Name a male character in this game that has a lot of self-doubt. Maybe Garrus? Maybe? Garrus but that's more like awkward. Yeah. Yeah. That's more like uh, social awkwardity. Yes. Yeah. It's not. He has questions about his morality and right. his goals in life, but not about himself, if that True. makes sense. Yeah. No, no, no. That makes perfect with, sense. With, I think like, yeah, you don't really see the self-doubt of themselves as a person as you see in Miranda and um or you know even Jack Jack Mm -hmm. has a lot of problems with herself and what she does and that entire we kind of already went through (laughs) yeah I mean Jack just is (sighs) so Samara is finally yeah that like we finally have I mean obviously if you play a female shepherd like that but that's Mm -hmm. Not you don't have to, right? Like you don't have to have a femshep. So even though you should, right? <laughs> I mean, Samara yeah, like, is the only the only um, example of this. Right. Were, I was talking with Brad, uh, <laughs> who is my husband. For anybody who doesn't know, Brad, um, uh, just so everybody has context, uh, and he's like femshep or GTFO. Yep, <laughs> it's <laughs> like, true. It's true. Yeah. Even uh, even evil. And what would be another awful word to describe him? Evil and unempathetic and unloving Robert Wheeland, who is a Garris killer. <laughs> oh yeah, he's Garris killer. Oh. Yeah, 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 he's all femshep. All femshep. And and to be honest, redhead femshep is yeah. like kind of the way they go. Yeah. But I mean, you know, like you know, yeah. I always do femshep <laughs> ginger. Also, wow. Oh, yeah, I, so do I. I. I don't know. I gingerfy most of my. Me too. What is that? Why do we do that? I've I start. I've started going white. White is also good, except yeah. Some consoles, I I don't like how it affects like in the background. I think they don't right make it as good. I think the reason we go red is because it's eye catch eye catching. <laughs> yeah, and like. The browns like blending with the backgrounds, yeah. unless you have like a super colorful world, like in Kingdom of Amalur, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. So that's I, why uh, I feel like we do that, but yeah. also it just looks great. <laughs> I, well, I was I was a redhead for a long time. Like my hair was just straight red. Yeah. I was. I like, had dyed red hair for a while too. Yeah. It was yeah. like that. I was like, "Hello, Brad, my hairstylist." <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's all of our hairstyles. Yeah, all of our hairstyles. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Brad, not my husband, the hairstylist. um, I was just like, I'd like it red. He's like, okay, we're going to do just red. Like, no other tones, just red. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I think, you know, just for a while, like, red's just fun. Mm -hmm. Also, like, along with like, I've started going like gray with my characters too. Cause like I'm going gray. I've, well, I've been gray for a while. Cause like, let's be real. It's been since like I was 18. Cause the world is cruel. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just need more. We do. We need, <sighs> we just need more confidence. Like right. yeah. women in this world have it. Like, it's yeah. not like 
and 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 also and let's be real right now write some male characters that have some self-doubt right. like we need huh. to fill out the world a little better yeah right. like, that represents us and people that we know Actual or the people. people who are playing the game like right. come on like i would love to have a character that has to work through like if garris had some serious self-doubt things and part of his side missions are to help him through that shit like that right. that is the stuff that builds intimacy between characters anyways and right that's what we want. right yeah. exactly i just soapbox also I want that and i also want a personal mission for every single main yes. character yes why yes. Yes. It's not just the stupid main plot mission so your love interests can go along with you and support you because that's really needed. It is. Okay. Yep. Good. There she wants be... to feel supported. <laughs> right. And honestly, how you achieve that? Hire female writers. What yep. up? Hire POC, <laughs> hire LGBTQIA. Mm-hmm. Hire not white male. Get some diversity in there. Try some yeah. other religions on your yes. crew so you can think yes. something that's not just Christianity. Rich. Whatever your hyper focus as a growing up person was. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, if you want somebody to write about Irish Catholic life, mm-hmm. I'm a girl. But <laughs> yeah. Um, so many things out there for it, people. And I feel like there was a there was a particular line in this that made me think of that in particular, because when you're talking to Samara, she talks to you about her fascination with humans and how she finds them very interesting. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned that the human race is very individualistic compared to all of the other races. Yes. And I was like, USA, USA. Uh, she says, you are more individualistic than any other species I've encountered. Put yeah. three humans in a room, there will be six opinions. Six opinions. Yes. yes. And I was literally, like, sometimes there's things in this game that I'm like, USA, USA. Yep. You're American writers. Yep. <laughs> because... Yeah. Well, and white writers and like European writers, because those societies are more individualistic. But if you go into Africa or Asia, you have way more community based thinking with people and you won't run into as much of this individualism as you run into in the United States and in the West. Um, I think South America is also very similar in that they're community-based more than... Very family-based. Yeah. Uh, Like, for a good example, uh, the city of Milwaukee has a very strong Ethiopian family Mm -hmm. in its ranks of employees. Mm -hmm. And... Number one, it's fascinating because I love learning about other cultures. And number two, apparently they have amazing coffee. And I'm a little bit angry that the woman who I worked with, who was Ethiopian, who said she was going to bring me the coffee, left and went into a different department. But I'm not going to get too pissy about it. Anyhow, uh, I think uh, (laughs) so uh, at this point, like it doesn't take long for you to get um, Samara's uh, loyalty mission. And we kind of really dug into the loyalty mission in our last episode because it all rolls around Marinth. Um, so we can kind of sum up here it's very morinth centric anyways like the only difference is at the end mm -hmm. you choose to kill morinth and not samara yeah and samara straight up smooshes Mm -hmm. 
Well, yeah. uh, we, we have different theories about what actually happens. I think she <laughs> smooshes her face with... Uh, smooshes is accurate yeah, for this yeah. one. And just yeah. to- but like, it's it's kind of, it's kind of, it's yeah. obscured so you don't yeah. see the violence. Yeah. <laughs> to sum up the, um, the, the loyalty mission, uh, just so you guys don't have to go back and, I mean, do, but just in case you want a summary here. Mm-hmm. Um, Samara finally reveals to you in this moment, we've been talking about Morinth being her daughter, but you don't really know about that until she reveals it to you when she tells you about the loyalty mission. She sort of lays this all out for you and lets you know that the criminal that she's pursuing has been found and this is where they need to go. And as Shepard's leaving, she's like, oh, and um, by the way, it's my daughter. (laughs) Shepard can turn around and be like, oh my gosh, that is so difficult. I'm so sorry. Or if you're playing Renegade, like, brr, 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 how could you not tell me? Brr, brr, brr. Yeah. But the response that Samara has to that, I feel is interesting because she steps away from Shepard and says, I don't need you to pity me for having to track down my own daughter here. And I really think that that's a good through line for how this basically is going to go and her reaction um because then you know you do go to the place she warns you again about the dangers of morinth etc etc and yeah like tani said you you have a couple options um if you fall under morinth's sway during this cutscene after you finally get her alone um you have samara barging in to save you (laughs) (laughs) Or you can do the surprise bitch, your powers don't work on me, in which case um, Samara and Morinth get into a fight because Samara then walks in and they deadlock and you have to make the decision between Mm -hmm. them. Um, And hopefully, folks at home, you choose to side with Samara because Because Morinth is a psycho serial killer. (laughs) Yeah, she's not a nice person by any definitions i'm I'm not even entirely sure she could qualify as a person no she's no. more like a set of knives on two feet <laughs> uh, i like that you know what i wouldn't mind being qualified that way but you know. well right yeah but like she's kind of like oh she's like a she's like a blender that's plugged in without the cup on yeah, oh, wait, no, or go. like a broken. Cu- I don't know. Yeah, she's like it's the like blades a of a blender without a cup around the spinning blades. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Or she's like a blade fan. She's, she's a, like a, a runaway. Made of blade. She, she's a runaway lawnmower. There you go. <laughs> a really old one, so it doesn't have any safeties on it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or like somebody just her jeans are what tied up the safety thing so it can still go and you just go around in a circle it just fucks up everything in the circle until it like runs into something and you're like why did i do that i don't have a circular uh, lawn uh, it's so good and i you wind up yeah, she doesn't ahead. have much after you do her loyalty mission really no. like there's not um I, I do say one of the most uh i i don't know if humanizing is the right word but one of the most humanizing moments you have with Samara is when you're like, Samara, do you want to talk about what just happened? She's like, I just killed the smartest or the bravest and smartest of my daughters. There are no words, 
I will try another time. For now, show mercy on a broken old warrior and let us leave. And fuck, man, that hit hard. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that really hit hard. Cause like mm-hmm. for someone who's been through any sort of shit, you realize that, oh, whew, I'm getting all emotional. Um, it feels like that. Like after you've been through some shit, you're just like, fuck, just leave this broken old warrior alone. I'll talk about it another time. I can't do it right now. And fuck, man, that hit hard. And that's probably like she says, at last I am free. I am a ruined vessel of sorrow and regret, but I am free. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah, that's I'm going to just sit here and cry for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, that's totally valid because it's super emotional. (laughs) Webcam hug. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so I feel like that's why it's so important to me that before you went on to this mission, Samara told you not to pity her for the decision that she had to make. Yes. And all of her work is a Justicar. She explains away with the code. She follows the code. So then Mm -hmm. she feels honorable because she's following the lines of what is considered honor for her. But even here, Moranth is the reason that she became a Justicar. Yeah. Because she, she became a just car 400 years ago, mm-hmm. which is about yeah. how old Morinth is. Yeah. We never figure out Morinth's actual name, do we? No, because she says that she's calling herself by Morinth. Yeah. Um, but her – so Samara, when she settled down after her mercenary career, she found an Asari mate and had three daughters. Um, we talked about that briefly before. Um, and she found out all at once that all three of her daughters are Arda Akshi. And I think Samara felt like it wasn't a problem when she settled down with an Asari mate because she was a pureblood. She had two Asari parents. And then she found another Asari and they had Asari children together. And she talks about I think it's Valerie and Rila are the other two. Uh, and Falir and Rila. Falir and Rila. They chose to live their lives in isolation and comfort because that's the choice when you find out you're an Arda Yakshi. You choose isolation or you choose death. <laughs> and Morin is Morala. Morala. Okay. Cool. Oh, okay. Cool. Pretty. Thank um, you, Google. <laughs> uh, Morala, then, aka Morinth refused to go and fled and Samara watched this and saw her growing addiction and she gave everything up all of her possessions swore herself to the Justicar code became a Justicar when you're a Justicar the only thing you have is your clothes and your weapons theoretically Mm -hmm. also forsaking the love of her life yeah yeah who she settled with to have these children yeah they don't even talk about this person, by the no, way. No, they don't. It's she's Which, not mentioned. I think that's a bit of a misstep. I agree. I, I agree. I feel like the the focus was so much on Morinth. Morinth and Samara. And well, they've shown us they can do this properly because Thane yeah. talks about his wife who has passed mm-hmm. um a lot. Uh, and it's kind of like 
it's almost healing for him. And I think that that's something that could bring in a lot of um, intimacy for Samara's character that you don't necessarily get. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and this is me extrapolating on things that are never said. Um, So it's all fluff and not necessarily true to canon. I would hazard to guess finding out that all of their children were Argayakshi destroyed their relationship, most likely. Oh my gosh, what if her partner committed suicide after finding out? That's, I don't say, I wouldn't say that that's not a possibility. And I I would hazard the backlash because the part of the reason why they don't like pure blood romances is because of this sort of situation. It's a higher probability to have Arayakshi. But also, even if she didn't die, all of their children now are in isolation. And one of their children is going on a murder spree. And one of the parents has decided to kill one of their children. How is another parent? Do you reconcile that? Right. Like, could you remain and love the person that's tracking down one of your children to kill them? And on top of that, this is a bit of like an Asari aside. They do relationships a little differently. Like they can have a monogamous relationship that they settle into, but a lot of times Asari do what I like to call a drive-by mind insemination. (laughs) 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 And then go and have children and raise them themselves. I, I don't think they did that in this case because she does say she found stability with her mate and had children and raised them. But because of the culture, it might not have been as big of a deal that they separated, if that makes sense. The internet has absolutely nothing to say about yeah. Samara's bondmate. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely yeah. nothing. I'm sure they this don't. Is my shocked it face. At all. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I was assuming like maybe it was in, you know, some side, yeah. something somewhere, but it's not, it's nowhere. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, that would be, I mean, my guesses. Um, but I think, you know, it, it, it would have been something cool to delve into conversation wise. Well, especially Samara says at some point, actually right near the end of your romance, if you will, she says, like, I never imagined I would learn so much from or I know I never imagined I would connect so well with someone as young as you, which like shit, Shepard's like 30 something, maybe, you know, as we've discussed before. And Samara is like 800, according to the Googles that I just Googled. Uh, She's like, they said she's in her eighth century. So she's 800 ish. Yeah, I mean. What's an 800-something-year-old person going to learn from a 30-year-old? Fuck all. Yeah. Like, this is this is reminding me so much of um, fantasy books where... Like vampires. The, the, the vampire thing or, like, the main cast member falls in love with, like, a fae yeah. or a god or somebody or that's... Or the been, elves. Wait, you know. elves. Elves. It's interesting... Also, as an adult, no longer being like 16, 17 and remembering all of the <laughs> all of the books were the Song of the Lioness, the first book, when yeah. you realize that George Cooper is in his 20s and Alana is supposed to be like 
14, I think, yeah. 15 when a like, lot he of... kisses her the first time. And you're like, mm. oh, I didn't I didn't mark that when I was <laughs> a kid. And then, <laughs> but then of course, he says something like, I'll wait for you to get older. And you're like, that's worse. That's it's worse not now. better. That's so much worse. That's n- oh, that's I'm called so grooving. Pierce, like, yeah, has said, yeah, as I've grown as the writer, I've realized that that was not good. And I'm not. Gonna and you know what? Anymore. Make a revised edition of the book. Yeah. Fix your friggin' mistakes. She should uh, do that. But she, she wrote the book when she was very young herself. So like, yeah. Uh, yeah it's yeah. interesting yeah i get <laughs> I it so these are the things i wonder how i would feel as 800 years old first of all having to deal with this world that long but also <laughs> a young 30 something person because even as a 30 year old now imagine dating somebody that was 50 like don't even put like age age itself into it he looks normal age like he looks your age something like that she looks your age something like that the life experience of just 20 years yeah just 20 years is let alone 770 yeah 770 (laughs) number one no thank you boomer uh (laughs) number two (laughs) yeah that's no because However, no. like after 800 years, you have to think there's they have to experience things differently. So and we a don't plateau, have a maybe. point of reference for that. Right. Like, yeah, we don't have a point of reference for that. You I know, just, maybe sharks. I don't. <laughs> let me let me think about it this way. What is the normal cycle of history repeating itself and plateau ages? About 100 years. Yeah, I was to say, yeah, about 100 years. So maybe two to be exact. So maybe if you reach 204 and you've experienced everything twice enough to know that things are repetitive, then you plateau in terms of maturity, kind of. Maybe you can get wiser. So maybe <laughs> only only 204 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Multiply that by four and you've got Samara. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Like I... <laughs> mm, I yeah. I have a I I work with some un- younger engineers that are like at least ten years younger than I am, and I'm like, you're you're so little. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like you're so much younger than I am. Mm-hmm. Also, I was a borderline functioning alcoholic when I was your age, so there's that. <laughs> um, but <laughs> the maturity <laughs> difference between people is real. Um, oh, for real. And you notice that as you grow older, when you're younger, you don't understand because you haven't had the experience of it, which is totally understandable. And and generally speaking, the people who are older and are drawn to younger people make themselves feel, quote unquote, feel younger. Yeah. Um, In addition to having a power over you. um, Yeah. You don't understand. Yeah. So, I mean, it helps that Shepard is, yeah, anyhow. Shepard. I mean, yeah, I mean Shepard's like, really it, but it just, yeah. It's, yeah. Mm, I think yeah, it was good that we touched upon the weird age gap. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I do want to say, like, that's probably part of the reason why I'm I'm kind of okay with the fact that this doesn't culminate into a relationship relationship. Yes. Because, you know, after doing all of this and meeting 
Morinth and like completing this loyalty mission, if you had been kind of flirting with Samara throughout this, it isn't overt flirting. It's a lot of more subtle things that you've been doing. You can continue to show a romantic interest and sort of push it a little bit and talk about how is the code preventing you from having romantic and she's like not really like that's sort of side thing it doesn't really cover it um then you continue pushing and saying you feel a connection and you she rebuts and you talk like back and forth about her goals and her code and her her drive to still maintain this Justicar persona, right? Injustice still exists. And, you know, maybe Ardat Yakshi will be her focus. Track down other Ardat Yakshi mm-hmm. and save people. I I, I enjoy the fact that, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry to pause. I'm just trying to put my words together. So go ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay, okay. Uh, I do enjoy the fact that Samara is fleshed out enough as a character to be like yo that's cute but nah Mm -hmm. Uh, just basically stating that my life my romantic life is done Mm -hmm. been there done that created three potential psycho killers Mm -hmm. um some of the phrasing makes me feel some of the phrasing feels a little bit slut shamey just because she said, like, she says basically the only reason she doesn't want to is because her willpower is strong enough to not. And it's like, well, having sex doesn't need to be about willpower. Like, it doesn't need to be like, oh, True. I'm not going to do it because I'm better than that. Like, I think I, I wish that they that. had gone more towards yeah. the, I'm just like, even if she was to state that she's asexual at this point, like, mm-hmm. that's fine that's cool and i think that's more inclusive instead it was um i don't need to do that i have enough willpower to not do that yeah i read that a bit differently within the context of the discussion partially because in pursuing this um you're kind of not taking no for an answer right like she says a couple times very 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 pushy here yeah um she rebuts you have the opportunity to accept that or say, but really, and push it a couple times. And it gets to the point where she says, you know, I don't have the desire to pursue romance anymore. And Shepard basically says, you need to think of your needs too. And when she rebutted saying my willpower is stronger than my want to pursue romantic interests, I figured that as more of a, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not going to give in and pursue this because I'm dedicated to this. I guess I just would have preferred it if she had just said, look, I'm not into that. Like, I don't want to do yeah. that. Right. And that yeah, would have more- been better, in in my opinion, phrasing-wise, than than trying to say, like, it's a willpower thing. Because I think if they, if they would have, uh, if they would have said it more as romance is a temptation that I can't afford as just a car, mm-hmm. I feel like that, would or, have been you know, better. romance is a distraction yes. that I can't 
uh, for it as a Justicar, I think that would be a much better way of putting it. it. Still not yeah. perfect, but, right. you know. But better than... I see that. Yeah. yeah. I'm better yeah. than sex. Like, <laughs> like either that. way. And it's like, mm, okay. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't, I think you might've been looking at the conversation more about sex where I was thinking about romance in general. That could be it because I wasn't thinking that the conversation was about having sex. I thought it was more about pursuing a romantic entanglement. I mean, I think it's the the intimacy of how close they are. Like, mm-hmm. I think at that point, Shepard's got their hand on her shoulder, like wrapped around her. And you can kind of tell it's leading towards some type of physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. Like whether or not that's sex is another story. But they there's do some physical this. intimacy that they're like leaning into. And then she like literally steps away mm-hmm. from that. So that's where I'm reading it from. Mm-hmm. And it, dif- it just would have been better. She's such a confident character that I would have preferred if she had just been like, look, I appreciate that. And I value your your friendship and our relationship. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not into doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just would have liked that better from her character than, mm-hmm. than this wishy-washy, like, mm, my willpower is better than your sex. Like, yeah. I think the reason that I liked it was for the chef's kiss longing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see that, too. The room and leaves Shepard staring into the void of space. <laughs> like, yes. Let me pull back to the quote, the great empty void for comfort. <laughs> yeah. yeah. um, so the reason Which we why- all know is yeah. just a metaphor for the vagina. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, I'm joking. Her great, I'm joking. Her great empty void. Yes. I'm, um, yeah, I'm just joking. There, there's no implication of that in any of these games. I'm just being an ass. So when I was watching this portion, I should have just written it all down. Um, I should have, but I didn't. But the back and forth here made me think of her holding herself back and wanting to do something and Shepard seeing that and trying to address it and saying, why? Like you obviously want to do this thing too. She says to him, which is also kind of another like little kick to her best. Sorry, mate. When she says to him, you're different from anyone I've met. I think I could find more than happiness with you when they're talking about this. So she's saying that, he Shepard, because it's a either or option, Shepard does say to Samara, you deserve happiness. And I think this would bring you happiness. And she says, I think it could be more than happiness. So the pushiness that comes from that, I kind of understand in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't like it because I'm a strict no means no back it off <laughs> person. But the longing inherent in, I know that this could really bring joy to my life. And her still saying, but my ethics, my code, my personal drives mean that this is more important to me. And they lean in for like the almost kiss and it's very cinematic. And you have like a close up on her beautiful face. And then she glows with biotic energy and (laughs) does the... But no. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I love it. Oh, oh my goodness. I wrote in capital letters, longing. <laughs> uh, here is a here's a question 
because I don't remember it from my playthrough and I didn't see it in uh, Jaguar 550's uh, video. Does Samara come with you on the mission? Yeah. Yeah. She the does? Mission, she does. So you, there's the potential to kill her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. She okay. potentially could die. Yep. Um, oh, crap. I think and then I obviously can. if she doesn't, <gasps> she shows up in three. <laughs> oh, no. Sarah having a horrified realization that she might have killed someone. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> At least one of the games. Since oh, we've played it so many times. no. <laughs> Everybody makes mistakes, Sarah. Everybody oh, I, know, I know, but oh, no. <laughs> Just remember, Rob did his on purpose. So yeah, you right. accidentally doing something. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Rob, Rob, well, he didn't do it on purpose, but he purposely didn't go back in his save and fix it. Uh, yeah. So uh, Rob's uh, a monster. Uh, I know, okay. like Rob, what the heck? <laughs> like I, I, I understand uh, his reasoning because you know what it happened. I'm just gonna go with it because that's what I kind of did with my playthrough. I was like, okay, I accidentally killed more, uh, Morden, and Jack, <laughs> yeah. and possibly Samara because I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I can't. Yeah, it. I know 100. I accidentally killed Jack. I don't know if we have a fuck rating. Like, yeah, I don't not, think we well, can do a fuck rating on this. I was gonna Romance close rating? out quick okay, <laughs> yeah. with um with just the tail end of her romance stuff. She leaves the crew quarters, and the very the only other thing you can do after that is see her by the ship core. And she, when she left the observation deck, she's said she needed some time alone so then every time after that for like a while um please you can't talk to her she just like looks at you when you come to see her and says please um because she needs some time alone and (laughs) that's such a weird way to leave that in my opinion yeah Yeah, it's pretty odd (laughs) i i think that was my nitpick um with the romance <laughs> is they they do give you closure she rejects you and she yeah. leaves <clears throat> and then instead of just going back to normal conversations she hides in the core room <laughs> and <laughs> continues to remind you that she still needs time to internalize the longing and get over it so that she can <laughs> Her life. I need to. <laughs> I need to bottle it all up so I can be a justice murder machine. Just push yep. it all down. Pack <laughs> it in tight. Work on it. <laughs> um, um, do we want to talk about favorite quotes? Yes. Slash moments. Yes. Yeah. I think I already said mine. Uh, uh, yeah, but oh, you know, I gotta. I think my favorite one is when I die, it will not be in bed. I am at peace with that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a good one. It's a it's a great one. And I kind of I've kind of always like granted I'm not you know, I've I kind of always I I I kind of feel that way too. Like I don't want to die just like lying in bed going, uh mm-hmm. like I would rather like have a big fiery car crash. Um but yeah, like I, I want to be the slow death is things that people aren't interested in right like right. that's the the scary thing about sickness and old age yeah, is very that much so creeps upon you yeah <laughs> like not you okay with it. it right and like i've you know i've seen people die that you know have cancer and everything and i you know i watched my grandfather die i watched my and he 
took like six months to eventually die. And like, mm-hmm. I watched my uncle die from a stroke and he was in the hospital for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like, that shit's never wants that for themselves. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. And it's, and if anybody does get a hold of me, I'll tell you all about it. Yeah. It's just, it's not pleasant, mm-hmm. you know? And like, it's not good, but I, I like that quote mm-hmm. a lot. I think mine is the, you have not really defeated the enemy if you adopt their methods. Yes. I just That's love like the stick to your morals and do what you need to do. And I think for one, I think that's a really good, I think that kind of defines her character, right? Like she yeah. sticks to her guns. She does what she does. And if you, she's pursuing people for a specific reason, it's because they've done horrible things. Right. So if you do the same thing that they have done, you're proliferating the thing. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's like when you, whenever you deal with bullies, don't sink to their level. Exactly. You know, because then that makes you as bad as them. Yeah. So I like that one. Which I have to remind myself of that very often. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> You're like, nope, don't, 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 don't do it. Don't get they're baiting you. Just because they did it. Just because they name call like, doesn't mean you have nope, to. Don't, yeah. don't do it. Just walk away. <laughs> very fair. I think my favorite quote from Samara is actually her her murder introduction, I'll call it. <laughs> right before she has somebody leave this plane of existence she says find peace in the embrace of the goddess right um and an interesting i'm gonna harp on the monogender thing that they genderize their deity but the, <laughs> um the just assurance that she has in that it shows her decision and it kind of sums up i feel like her her confidence in everything mm-hmm. that she does. Like this is going to happen. I'm used to doing this now. Here it is. Um, so I just, I think it's an interesting way that they have a introduction to her murdering people. She says something before she releases them from being alive. Right. It, it unalives them. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it seem almost a mercy Yes. And it takes a lot of emotion out of something that, uh, you know, generally you think has a lot of emotion. I have a secret theory that she's actually Art Yakshi, but (laughs) that has no basis in anything. Yeah. And she has has daughters. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Can I do a bonus quote that I think draws things together? For sure. I answer to a code that is clearly defined. If my actions are true to that code, then I am just. If they are not, then I am unjust. I don't pretend it is a simple matter or that it seems right to everyone, but I sleep well at night, and that is more than most can say. Oof, God, if I could sleep well at night. Right. Yes. <laughs> I, suppo- I mean, I just am bad at sleeping. I, so oh, same. I- Mine is like, I could be doing 70,000 other things right now. Um, instead, here I am staring at the ceiling and uh, not accomplishing <laughs> shit. So <laughs> I, I do think that completely sums up her character, right? Yeah. That, yeah. that is it at the end of the day. And like, in terms of my favorite thing about the plot, I guess of her, of her arc, her character, the romance. I think what I enjoy most is that if you are a renegade player, she has threatened and said that she would do violence upon you. And if you do try to pursue that romance, she does 
outright reject you. Not she like she is this gonna plan. throw these hands. She does outright reject you if you've been doing renegade choices. She basically will say she doesn't feel that connection that you're talking about. And she's seen you do too many things that would compel her to violence if she wasn't under the third oath. So I feel like that for me was important because it showed that your actions have consequences within the game. And also that they weren't just having her go through something by rote because of her code. Like she wasn't just accepting everything that you were doing because of the third oath and that they put that on there to still keep her in like the justice side, because I feel like it would have been very easy to make her a code follower that strictly follows a code and then doesn't have, like she just uses it to justify her actions, but she doesn't, she'll follow the code but she still takes her actions into account, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think and she that doesn't follow. Favorite. She doesn't follow it blindly, right? Yeah, I don't know. Like we can't exactly do a fuck rating. Like it, yeah. I think I think giving our favorite quotes and moments was a good wrap up. Really? Ten for ten. I have a fuck rating. Oh, you do. You do. <laughs> oh, okay. Ten for ten. Wood hog again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like I, I think that's how kind of, kind of how I feel about yeah. her. <laughs> like yeah. I, I can come up with one. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Fuck rating. I did give her a 3.5 out of 5. Um, and the reason I did this is because I think they did really flesh out her entire character. And they hit romance milestones. And I'm going to put here... She had two sections that got full points, and that was her character as a whole and the ending. Because I I can't say this enough, this might be the only romance in Mass Effect where they actually provide closure to the romance, um, besides it being your murder, because she rejects you. And that is the end of that. Like, it's that is the end. It's not, because Mass Effect 3. Yeah, but... But in reality, in the game, yes, in this game, the romance closure ended. They had a cut scene where you talked about it and you had a discussion about what you want. And she said no. And then she left. And you can continue going up to talk to her and it shuts you down. She just says, please, which is the only like, I don't like it. I kind of understand at the same time. It's an interesting direction for them to take for potential romance options, which adds a little variety. And then I got flirting interactions got half points because they're there. They're subtle. Um, And the get together got half points because they don't get together, (laughs) but they still introduce the longing and then the ultimate denial at the end of it. So I loved it. I was actually a little upset that I only gave it a 3.5 out of 5 for my criteria. (laughs) But I do think that it counted as like a full romance. And that if you were to consummate, it would have been really great in my my opinion. But obviously it doesn't get there. (laughs) I think it could have been really good if that that was that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I get so, okay. My rating is I'm going to give her a Galadriel rating. 
Um, because, like, Galadriel seems like the ultimate, like, almost asexual character. Like, she is not sexualized in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's total badass. Mm-hmm. And she could rule this world if she wanted to. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Give her the ring, please. Yeah. Right. <laughs> she will be a dark and terrible queen. Um, <laughs> so I'm giving, uh, I'm giving her a Galadriel. That's I, so good. That's good. I think as far as a fuck rating from, let's see, psychopathic Ardak Yakshi to... Um, overly attentive mildly stalkerish girlfriend i'm going to say matriarch benezia's bosom because it is supportive (laughs) very nice to look at i wouldn't mind touching it but i understand that she has said no The consent, people. The consent is important. <laughs> oh my god, so good. Damn, I love the callback to matriarch, but <laughs> right? It's full circle on the Asari train, right? It's a circle of boobs. <laughs> the almost Venn diagram of boobs. Yeah, right. But they're boobs, so they. Don't oh overlap, God. really, because oh, all right, yeah, we're gonna uh, move on from that. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, yes. listeners, for joining us on this discussion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next Samara. time around, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, uh, this discussion on Samara. Um, don't forget to leave us a review and let us know what you thought. Um, you can also check us out on. Uh, Facebook and Twitter and all in all these fun places. So give us a subscription, follow us, uh, see what we have to say. We do fun things sometimes. You don't mm-hmm. want to miss that. Um, Our next episode is going to be following Tali. Yeah. From Mass Effect 2. Tali Zona. Um, oh, I think I killed Tali too. Oh my God. Jesus, I'm a you kill everybody, Sarah. <laughs> Except for you. You know you can keep everyone alive if you try hard enough. I know, and I didn't. <laughs> like, oh man. Uh, I Sarah. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back and look. Um, but feel free to check out our other properties. Um, we are all main cast members of the Theater of the Mind Players, where we mm-hmm. are currently playing through Cyberpunk Red, the companion tabletop RPG to the uh, shiny new video game Cyberpunk 2077. Um, and that's a lot of fun. Um, I also have another property called the Not-So-Bigfoot Thing, where I talk about hiking. Um, does stuff. Yeah, I do things too. Uh, I have a podcast called plot points which we talk about role-playing games as literature and just kind of review things and give everybody a feel of what the systems are and things like that and like review some other related literature as well and i am also a cast member member of encounter party which is a DD fifth ed ravnica actual play uh it's more like an audio drama so we take out all the um i rolled uh let's see um your mom's fat what like all of the tabletop <laughs> talk all of the table talk so we take that out so you've got the meat of the story and you're down to like an hour long episode which is 
which is nice. It's really good for like a commute or if you're like got an hour at work and you just want to like listen to something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. That yeah. that reminds me of the game. Theater of the Mind Flayers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And then Counterparty does, <laughs> we're doing live streaming of Rhyme of the Frost Maiden right now just to keep ourselves busy and not go crazy during the uh, current COVID crisis. So yeah. check that out on Twitch Sundays at <laughs> 6 p.m. Central. Speaking of which, stay safe, be well. Consent is mandatory and sexy. Yep. Uh, Black Goddamn Lives Matter. Mask. Put a fucking mask on your fucking face. Please. And see you next time. Yep. And just get the friggin' vaccine if you get a chance get to, because it. it's it. a good idea. 